أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين واللعنة الدائم على أعدائهم أجمعين من الآن إلى قيام يوم الدين Assalamu alaikum dear brothers and sisters I hope everyone is doing well inshallah and welcome to another episode of our Tafsir of Dua Kumail podcast. In the last episode, we ended here where Ali ibn Abi Talib was praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he made this request. He said, Make my bodily organs, you know, my body, the physical aspect of my existence. Give it the strength, give it the power and the ability to be used in the path of serving you. And we talked about how Ali ibn Abi Talib here is really telling us and really teaching us that if we want to serve the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that our body needs to be trained in order to carry out these services as well. And therefore, a mu'min, a believer, not only does he have the right intention, not only does he make the intention to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he also has to, so to speak, sharpen his tools. And amongst those tools, are his body and this is why in Islam we believe that you know any type of action or any deed that will bring about a notable harm to the body of the human being is haram for the human being to carry out right because this is this is a body a blessing a tool that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted to the human being to then use it to serve his cause so it's not something that the human being has authority and power over. Therefore, he is to watch after this body. He is to protect this body. And as Ali ibn Abi Talib is saying here, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us strength through our bodily organs in order to be able to carry out his work and his mission. In the next line, he said, And make it such that my inner organs their determination is strengthened. Now, these inner organs, when you look at the tafasir or the shuruh that are written on Dua Kumil, and when you look at specifically the word jawanih, what you find is the type of, it's, it's really referring to our will, our determination, our discipline, those inner uh, capabilities that we have, right? That are different from the physical abilities that we have. They're different from the bodily organs that we have. Ali ibn Abi Talib is saying, you give me strength in terms of my body, also give me strength in terms of my intentions, my discipline, my will and my determination. And it's interesting because when you look further into the verses of the Quran and into our hadith, what you find is a lot of emphasis on the mental and the spiritual aspect of the human being. And the idea that if the human being, from a mental and spiritual perspective, from a willpower perspective, if he is taken care of, in the sense that he, he essentially has built the discipline, he's built the willpower to get things done and to act upon the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that his body and his physical aspect will be able to essentially uh, keep up with what his intentions are, right? So I want to share this beautiful hadith from the sixth Imam. He says, and this is a hadith that has been narrated in Wasail al-Shia or Wasail al-Shia from Imam al-Sadiq sallallahu alayhi. He says, "Ma badanun amma qawiyat alayhi He says, "There's never a body that's too weak for 
the things that the intention and the mind of a human being has decided to make it happen. In other words, as long as there's a will, there's a way, like we say in English, right? If the mind of the human being, the willpower of the human being is there, then the bodily organs, they will follow. But if the mind is weak, if the discipline is weak, if the willpower and the determination is weak, then what happens is that this body will also start to feel tired, it will start to feel fatigue, it will not feel like it has the ability to carry out this, this mission or this task that uh, the human being has set out to uh, take on. And this is truly what you find. You find many times people who, you know, individuals who sometimes they've given their lives in the path of Islam, for example, or people who work day and night for the cause of Islam. These are individuals, when you look at them in terms of their bodies, although they take care of their bodies, they don't ever do anything to harm their bodies, but you, you would have assumed that they would have bodies that, you know, with, with the strongest of muscles and, you know, um, and, and like a physical aspect that really stands out. But when you look at them, although they're healthy, they don't really have like, you know, these, these huge muscles or, you know, this huge body. It's not like that. A lot of times they have very small bodies, right? Because their will and their determination is so strong that the body follows their will and the, their determination. Right. And for some people, their will and determination is so weak that essentially their body leads the path. Their physical desires leads the path and their discipline and will follows what their body decides. If the body is hungry, then this person will give in and he'll eat even if he's fasting. Right. If uh, if this body has a physical desire right towards for example, the opposite gender, then his will and his discipline will follow. For some people, it's like that. For other people, their will and discipline leads and their body follows. And the only way to make this happen really is just continuous practice and continuous uh, working on uh, trying to build habits into our lives that will help us to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and carry out his commands. So he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for strength in his body and then he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for strength from a mental perspective in terms of his inner organs which refer to his his will and his determination and his discipline. And grant me a seriousness in fearing you, right? Make it such that I would fear you enough and I would take you seriously enough that when I come across something that's haram, that I'm able to stay away from it. And make it such that I'm continuously in your service, right? Uh, this, is, this idea of continuously being in service is something that can even play out in someone's career, right? I think we touched on this in some of the earlier episodes that, you know, as Muslim youth, when we want to choose a career for ourselves and we want to choose, you know, the path that we're going to take in our lives, and of course, a career is very, very important because, you know, uh, one third of your day, roughly, give or take, usually it's going to be dedicated to whatever career it is that you are choosing. So let me choose a career that, of course, I, I like and I'm passionate about and, you know, something that I, I feel that, you know, I have a, uh, an innate talent and passion for. That's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is... Let me choose something that I can use to serve the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you find both of those two in a, a particular field or a particular career, then that's your career. That's, that's really what you should be uh, looking to uh, take on as a career. Because that way, 
if you're at work for eight hours, you can then utilize those eight hours to serve the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to bring benefits to your brothers and sisters, right? That's why in hadith it says, Al-Mu'minuna ba'duhum ikhwatu ba'd, right? So they're, they're brothers of one another. And then the narrator, he asked the Imam, says, well, what does it mean that they're brothers of one another? And the Imam explains, he says that means that they deliver benefits and value to one another, right? They bring benefits and value to their brothers and sisters. So the Imam is asking, Ya Allah, make it such that throughout my life, I am continuously amongst those who is serving you. Okay. And then he adds this, Hatta Make it such that I will move freely and easily towards you, right? I would want to come towards you in those, in those areas of competition. Al-Maydan is a place where people used to go to compete, compete with one another, right? He says there are these areas where people go to compete as the, the closest servants of yours, the foremost servants of yours, Right? They compete with one another in terms of how they can serve your cause the best. Make me such that I'm also part of those group, right? Part of that group. That I am competing with other foremost servants of yours, the other great servants of yours, right? Make it such that I compete also so that I can come closer and closer to you every day. I want to pause here and, uh, you know, take a look at this word sabiqin. This is a word that... Uh, really opens the door to a concept that we're kind of already familiar with in our day-to-day -day lives. But I want to, you know, add the Islamic touch to it, really, because this is what Ali ibn Abi Talib is referring to. He's talking about this competition, right? Normally, when we talk about competition, what comes to our mind is, you know, for, for the most part, it's athletes, right? Or maybe like, you know, different corporations and companies, they compete to see who can bring in the most profit, who can bring in the most revenue. These are usually the examples that come to our mind. This same idea of competition, we also find it in Islam. We also find it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the verses of the Quran that if you want to compete for anything, compete for heaven. That's what you're supposed to be competing for, right? This is Suratul Insan. This heaven that we described for you, that there are different springs in it. And, you know, Suratul Insan talks about this, how there are different springs. The people who are at the higher level, they drink from one spring. The people who are at the lower level, they drink from a different spring. And this is, these are just words that the Quran is telling us. We don't, we don't necessarily have a full understanding and a complete understanding of what these springs are like. What is the pleasure to drink from these springs, right? Um, what is salsabil? These things the Quran just tells us about, and we, you know, because our comprehension is limited, we may not understand fully uh, what the Quran is trying to tell us. The Quran is just trying to give us some sort of a picture because we haven't experienced the next world really, right? And then when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala describes all of this, then He says, If you want to compete in life. Okay, compete for this. Why compete for anything less than this? Why compete for this dunya where, where if you actually do win, the, the prize immediately disappears, right? The prize, whatever you get in this world, it will disappear before you know it. Essentially before, you know, if, if you haven't won yet, right, then, you, you know, you have this regret in your heart that why haven't I won? 
Right? You really want to want to win. So you have that deep concern in your heart of wanting to win. And then when you do win, then you get the quote unquote the prize. Whatever the prize is, it wears off so quickly that you know six months later, a year later, you're back at it again and you're trying to compete again. So it's kind of a game that never ends. Now, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, however, says come and compete, he's telling you to come and compete in a very different way and for a different purpose. So the competition that Islam speaks of is there's two main differences and these will also break down into other differences that I will talk about in just a second. But number one, the prize or the final goal is very different. And the main difference there is that, you know, the prize and the final goal here, it's temporary. The final goal and prize uh, with God's competition is sustainable. It's there forever. It's permanent. That's one difference. The second difference is the way in which you compete. Okay. Now, if you really think about this, then you'll understand the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, listen, compete, right? Or in the verses of the Quran, we have wasari'u, right? Rush towards it. And uh, like I mentioned in Suratul Insan, he says, if you're going to compete in anything, this is what you should compete in. Or again, you find in the verses of the Quran, he says, When it comes to doing good, compete with one another, right? And take, you know, try to get ahead of one another. This competition is different from the competition that we have in this world, the way we compete. Here's some of the differences. When we compete in this world, right, let's say you have 100 people who are competing for a particular competition it might be a marathon it might be you know some athletic competition whatever the case may be out of a hundred out of 50 out of a thousand of people who are involved in this competition how many people win how many people at the end of the day are, are honored as winners one maybe in some sports you might look at it and you say well two three right like if you play basketball and you watch the nba how many teams at the end of the at the end of the season can call themselves, you know, winners or or will be seen in the eyes of people as winners. Probably one team, right? There's no second place. No one cares about second place. No one cares about third place, right? When you look at other sports, it's pretty much the same thing. Now, you might say in some sports, okay, it's not one person, it's three people. But what about the other 50, 60, you know, 80, 90 people who are part of this competition? Well, they walk away essentially being losers, right or or having not won anything right they walk away as people who lost the competition but with the competition with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala everyone can compete and still win at the same time that's the difference in this world one or two people win because you essentially are competing with other people in in this world when you compete with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or for the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Everyone can compete. You can have 6 billion people competing and all 6 billion people have the opportunity to win. And they can all win at the same time. It's not like in, in, in other sports where you say, oh, well, everyone has the opportunity to win. Yeah, because if I win, then the other person is not going to win. That's how it normally works, right? But with the competition, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can, you know, all, all the people who are competing can compete and win at the same time. So if you compete, right, and you try to be your best version and the other person does the same thing, he might rank ahead of you, but you still don't walk away having lost. You still win. <laughs> he might have won, uh, you know, a greater rank than you, but you don't walk away as a loser. You walk away as a winner. He just has a greater rank than you. That's the first difference. Second difference that you find in this world, when you compete, 
you are only your you know your 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 work is only judged based on results it's only based on what tangible results you can deliver right it's only based on how many points you were able to put on right but with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he doesn't look at the results per se he looks at how much work and effort you have put into things and this is an extremely extremely important point to keep in mind why because when we talk about competing for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala working for the cause of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there will always be those that other people will appreciate their work more than they appreciate your work and if our faith is weak what we will do is we will take that and we will allow that to get into our head and get into our mind and say, well, you know what, what I'm doing, there's no value to it. Because so-and-so did this, and look at him, everyone can acknowledge and see the results of his work. But look at me, I put in so much effort, but the results might be one-tenth of what he's getting. At the end of the day, there are so many different reasons why someone can put in the same amount of effort that you do, right, and get 10 times the results. There are so many factors at work here in this world, you know. Of course, of course, hard work is a very, is, is the most important of them. But then there are so many other factors, right? Sometimes people grow up in families where they have big, big advantages in terms of the work that they're doing. Sometimes they grow up in families where they have a lot of connections. Sometimes they grow up in families where they have a lot of wealth, for example. Sometimes they grow up in families where the family is just not a tumultuous uh, family. Sometimes you grow up in families where the mother and the father are, you know, constantly in dispute and in conflict with one another. And for someone to come out of that type of a family and just take care of his minimum in life, that's a big success. That's a huge victory. But do people see it as a huge victory? The answer is no, because people will judge your efforts and my efforts based on tangible results. And that's fine. That's how the world works. There's no problem with that. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He looks at how much effort you put in. It doesn't look so much at the tangible results. And that's why if you do something and it doesn't have any results at all, still you will have a reward with Him. Right? This is the beauty of working for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And let me even say this. Sometimes you will do something and your hope is that it will have results. Not only does it not have a lot of positive results, not only does it not have even a little uh, positive results sometimes it might even look and be perceived in the wrong way and therefore have negative results and still you will have a reward with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes you try to be kind to someone right and they take advantage of you and the result is very very negative there are no positive results and still Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards you sometimes you try to be kind to somebody right and they take it as you trying to be, for example, too nosy, for example. Or they take it as you trying to interfere in their affairs. So when you look at it on the surface, these are negative results. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows your intention. And He knows the effort you put into it. Right? And therefore, even, the, even though the results look negative, there could be a great reward for you on the Day of Judgment. So this is the second difference with the competition that we have. This as-sabiqeen, or as the Quran says, as-sabiqoon, as-sabiqoon, uh, what we read in uh, Suratul uh, either, either Qiyamah or Waqi'ah, I can't remember exactly right now. Or we read, uh, for example, in uh, Suratul Tawbah, was-sabiqoon al-awwaloon min al-muhajirin wal-ansar. This competition, this is the second difference that you find 
with the competition that we are supposed to embark on with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the competition that we find in this world. The third one, and this is an interesting one, is that, you know, normally in competitions, the referee is neutral at best. Sometimes he might be on the other side, really, right? <laughs> Sometimes he's paid to uh, essentially uh, change the results so that it goes against you, so that someone else wins the competition. And this happens all the time. If you work in a corporate environment, right, your boss might have biases, your boss might have inclinations towards a certain group of people. You have to put in 10 times the work just because you come from a different ethnicity, just because you're a minority, right? Just because you don't come from the same ethnicity that your boss comes from, and so on and so forth. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not only is he not neutral, right? Or not only I should say that he's not on the wrong side. He is not even neutral. A referee is supposed to be neutral to, to see who's winning. He is not even neutral. He will help people who put in the hard work, right? If, you, if you're playing a sport and you ask the referee to help you, he's going to laugh at you. He's going to say, listen, I'm the referee. <laughs> I'm not supposed to help you. You want help. That's, that's what your teammates are there for. Like you go ask them for help. You don't ask me for help. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who will judge everybody at the end of the day has told us that during this competition, if you want help, I can help you. And in fact, he's told you, the more you ask me for help, the more I will help you. So the competition that we have in the realm of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala compared to this world, they are very different from one another. It's two completely different things. Here, Ali ibn Abi Talib is saying, make me such that I can also compete with the foremost servants of yours, right, to come closer to you. And we have to keep in mind that that competition is very different from the competition uh, that we have in this world. In the next line, he says, fil And that we will, inshallah, discuss in the next episode. Until the next episode, keep us in your du'as. والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته